The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Monday morning and welcome to another edition of Analyze This, another week of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM 93.1. We're yours truly, Neville James. It's a beautiful day in paradise. Actually, it's just been a beautiful month. Um, March 2023, from a weather standpoint, has been spectacular. And uh, we got a great show lineup today. We're going to be talking with the weather service very, very shortly. And, of course, we can have a great discussion um, uh, on the table talk as we're going to focus on banking. Um, of course, you know what took place out in California and all that good stuff. So looking forward to that discussion, among other things, some politics as well. And, of course, the Madam First Lady, the United States uh, First Lady Jill Biden, is either back in the territory or is going to be back uh, pretty soon. But in the meantime and in between time, we like to start the week off by talking to the good people at the National Weather Service uh, down in San Juan. Good morning. Who am I speaking Hi. with? Hi, good morning. This is Emmanuel here in San Juan. Manuel, what's up, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. How was the weekend? It was really good around the, the area, right? We saw a lot of blue skies everywhere. Almost no rain, to be honest, in any of the islands. But as we, it was the case on Friday, we still have to talk about those northerly swells. Uh, affecting the islands. Without a doubt. No, sorry for keeping you on, on hold. Um, I know you were there, but you probably enjoyed hearing the opening for the show. So so that's a good thing. Now, check this out. Um, this is day 13 in March, and we have had an extended run of beautiful weather. Um, how much longer are we looking at this type of weather being here in the territory, in the region? So... We are expecting the winds to shift from the south a little bit tomorrow. That could actually bring a little a small increase in moisture across the island. So we can expect to see a few showers. I'm not talking about a big rain event, but a few more showers than what we had in the past few days. Additionally, by Thursday late at night into Friday, a cold front will move through the islands, and that I think that will be the best chances for seeing some showers across the island in, in a very long time for us. Okay, good. So showers, um, middle of the week? Middle of the week, actually not not a lot. Just those small patches moving in, bringing out a few occasional showers. Other than that, lots of sunshine, temperatures warming into the 80s each day. So it's typical winter months here for the Caribbean. Okay, good. Now, um... Very, very nippy at night. Um, coming into the into the into town this morning, seventy one degrees. Um, this I, I don't know if it's been this consistently cool for such a long period of time, Manuel. Yeah, I have. I to be honest, I have been working here for about five years. I don't recall in in the past five years a year with so many low temperatures. Actually, I checked the airport in San Croix. The low was sixty six in the overnight hours today. So that's pretty pretty cool for for St. Croix, but that's actually the low we have been having in the past few days. So actually, uh, really nice temperatures at night, warming up during the day into the mid-80s. 
Um, we should expect that to continue for the next few days, perhaps a little bit warmer as the winds turn more, more from the south in the upcoming days. What causes the visibility to fluctuate, though? Because I noticed that the weather has been consistent. But on some days, we have awesome visibility, and other days, it is not that level of visibility. It's not that clear. What's the reason for that? So, uh, uh, when we have this high pressure dominating the, the area, sometimes they could create like a cap in the atmosphere that keep all those aerosols coming from the sea into the low levels of the atmosphere. And that can combine at sometimes with a little bit of Saharan dust that reaches the islands in the months of February and March, and that will cause the visibility to decrease a little bit. Yeah, I even saw that yesterday here in Ojunke. I uh, saw that small uh, layer of haze covering the mountains, so that's why we have those uh, decreasing visibility at times over the area. The days that we have uh, good visibility was because we have the absence of those uh, aerosol particles as well as the no Saharan dust in the atmosphere. Now, by the time we get to midday, though, mid to midday and early afternoon, the visibility has actually improved significantly from what it is right now. Yeah, yeah, I should. Yeah, once once we receive a, a, a little more, more stability or decreasing stability with the diurnal heating and all of that, we can see some of those particles to increase in the atmosphere. Okay, good. Now talk to my talk to the boaters and the beachgoers. Let them know what to expect today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, out at right. sea or at the beaches, if you will. Right. So the the latest data from the buoy shows that this particular period of the swell is um, it's actually getting a little bit better, but that won't last. And we are expecting another northerly swell impulse of the swell to arrive late tonight into tomorrow, and then a bigger one arriving in Thursday into Friday. So we can expect all week to continue with small craft advisory continuing seas at about 7 feet uh, at by midweek and up to 10 feet by the l latter part of the week. Um, that will also create hazardous beaches conditions, especially for St. Thomas and St. John. We're expecting these, those high surf with breaking, breaking waves of 10 to 12 feet in the coast. And some of that energy could actually reach the Cromer Park in St. Croix depending on the exact duration of the soil, but we have to watch if those soils also increase in those portions of the island and cause the high surf advisory to be issued. Regardless, high deep current risk for most of the beaches right now, and that will continue probably until the next weekend. So please, please, everyone that is listening, going to the water, be very careful. We don't have any, anyone to drown because of these conditions. No, um, let me ask this question because you mentioned the buoy. Who goes out and hangs the devices on the buoys? <laughs> I'm sorry, could you repeat that? You mentioned the buoys. We, we, we got different buoys that let us know about wavelength and, and wave um, frequency and all that. Who goes out and hangs the devices on these buoys? So it does, uh, they're called Kari, Karikus. Um, they have a, the buoy network around the islands, and they, uh, the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico, they are actually in charge. Of main, the maintenance of the of these different buoys, they run also a few models to verification the currents. Uh, all this data is provided by them, and then we incorporate that into our systems for the forecast. Awesome, <coughs> Manuel. Thank you very much. Awesome discussion this morning. Thank you very sure. much. Sure, it was my pleasure. Have a good day. Okay, good, and enjoy the week, and we'll get back to you guys later on in the week. Okay. Bye. You got it. That's Manuel. Um, Dong.
uh, from the weather service there in San Juan. Like I said, it's been beautiful weather, nice and clear. We really haven't had any extended showers, um, even though we could use a good uh, one-night dousing. And when we talk to Doc School in a little bit, he going to let us know uh, what's going on over there on the north side in St. Thomas, because normally um, when it's cool over here, it'll be windy over there. Go check. And uh, seriously, man, what have been nice. Ain't need no fan at night. Sometimes I even got to tighten up the window a little bit. Cool. And, nice. and you know, this just validates the fact that, uh, you know, we, we got a two-month lag in terms of everything from the mainland to the Virgin Islands, including the weather. This is just shocking. You know, I, I learned that. You know, I remember I tell you, I learned that here, you know, all humidity months. But we actually learned that with the hurricanes because we were, we were balling humidity in the aftermath of... Um, Maria and Alma. I mean, it was hot. October was bad in 2017. I remember that. And that's why people were literally forced to break the law. You know, when we were told to turn off our generators at either 10 o'clock or midnight, whatever it was, generator them were going till morning, listen. God, that humidity, there was no joke. And, you know, the summer months of um, July and August uh, on the mainland are when, you know, the, America, uh, the mainland is... At its warmest, um, for us, it's September and October. You know, you find about 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 that. So, about that. so like I said, uh, uh, Vice Vice, uh, excuse me, First Lady uh, Jill Biden should be making her way uh, into territory if she isn't here already, and that was expected. You know, um, they had been known to frequent the territory, Saint Croix. Um, during um, the Obama administration when President Biden was uh, the vice president. And the fact that, you know, they come here and, and they fall in love, yeah, what's new? You know what I'm saying? People come to the Virgin Islands for the first time for a nominal visit, a regular visit. And they're looking for, for property to buy, man. Check, and, you know, that's why <clears throat> everything we do is interchangeable and connected. Integrated. I think integrated is a better term. And, you know, public safety and health care uh, is critical um, because um, regardless of how much sun and sand you have and the fact that we're American jurisdiction, um, if people don't feel safe here and don't, you know, feel that, you know, we have adequate health care, you know, they're going to think twice, three times, you know, about uh, wanting to stay here long term. So that's why we... You know, owe it to the residents, those who live here, and to those who potentially uh, will be living here and want to consider living here. To, you know, to have a safe community, a healthy community, you know what I'm saying, good infrastructure. And we're going we're gonna to knock that out uh, in the table talk uh, this morning. So I was looking at the programming for tonight, and uh, I see at 8 p.m. we have um, Daring Women Doctors. And um, that's an 8 p.m. thing. And don't forget, time turn back now, right? So we are on um, Eastern Daylight Time right now, okay? And at this crucial, uh, Daring Women Doctors, uh, Monday, March 13th, 8 p.m., Channel 12, WTJX. Um, at this crucial time, when women physicians and nurses are contributing significantly to our community's health, this documentary provides a look at the challenging and illuminating history 
of the 19th century, Women Doctors. Daring Women Doctors highlights the intrepid pioneering and diverse women who faced hostility and resistance in their pursuit of medical education. This documentary examines how these women physicians greatly impacted their communities around the United States and internationally. It also demonstrates how women doctors exerted a long-lasting influence on the movement towards women's rights. Okay, so that's tonight at 8 p.m. here on the Dozen Channel 12. Um, Daring Women Doctors is also another uh, show later tonight. Uh, I saw that here in the Take 12. Um, yeah, remember this. It comes on at uh, 9 p.m. Okay? Uh, Experience Academy Award nominee David Stratham as as reluctant World War hero, World War II hero and Holocaust, Holocaust witness Jan Karski. Yeah, Jan Karski. In this one-man story of moral courage and individual responsibility. Remember this. At 9 p.m. So we got Daring Women Doctors at 8 p.m. And then remember this uh, at 9 p.m. So good programming tonight here on uh, Channel 12. Now, <clears throat> uh, we didn't get any data uh, on Friday from the Department of Health. Okay? So if anybody's listening, I know that um, my good friend, the notorious TCHC, uh, Taika Milhunt, she's a, she's a, a regular listener. Um, Madam Medical Director, if you're listening, tell them to update the, the COVID-19 data all. I don't know if they stop. Uh, if we stop too, because of <laughs> Johns Hopkins done with it, uh, I believe to either today or Friday, Friday pass or today. Um, so um, see if they could update the numbers. I know the numbers did not look good on Thursday from a ratio standpoint, even though from my actives, we had 38 actives in the territory, which we will live with, um, given that we've been up in the in the hundreds and all that stuff uh, earlier this year, but let's see if they can update the numbers, right, based on um, the Friday data, okay, and and all that good stuff. Um, one of my people them tell me El Nino weather pattern pattern settling in, right? Right, we'll see how that works. You know, this year might be a cool year though. Okay, it seems a bit cooler, but nationally, no, right? Good news, and of course, you know, you know, whatever happened nationally with uh, uh, the pandemic, uh, typically um, has a lag and comes down here a little bit after, down to seven point six percent, man. Check positivity rate, twenty three thousand nine hundred and fifty three hospitalizations, of which three thousand one sixty six are in ICU. Average death still at 393 per day, but that's 7.6 positivity rate. Um, last week, uh, Tuesday, and Tuesday that number was at 8.3%. Um, so it done almost a full percentage point, mm, which would be about, mm, I'd say 12% overall. Yeah, 12% reduction now. Um, a month ago, let we look at um, February 13th, positivity rate was at 10%. Now it's at 76 A whole quarter gone. 
25% reduction in positivity rate. That's significant. From from every 10, uh, every 10, uh, every, yeah, every, every 100 people, 10 were testing positive. Now, that number is down to um, 7.6 people, seven and a half thereabouts. So, uh, hopefully that's the case and it remains that way. Okay? Now, one of the things we're going we gonna to have a discussion on is banking in the territory. I mentioned that earlier because um, uh, I don't know if you heard it, but over the weekend in California, Silicon Valley Bank, <clears throat> right? They, they experienced significant um, door closing uh, financial issues. Um, and a matter of fact, another bank, um, Signature Bank, um, they, um, the government was forced to step in, right, to make sure that those who, the deposits, the depositors, insured and uninsured, uh, were protected. As a matter of fact, by doing that, it actually uh, helped the marketplace uh, overnight uh, with the Dow Jones futures. But um, when uh, the company announced last week, when the bank announced last week that um, they needed to raise $2.2 billion. Uh, that impacted everything, and um, including Wall Street. And when you look at what took place on, on Thursday, right, the Dow was down 1.66%, 543.54 points lost on the Dow Jones. And it's been in the 32,000 range, right? And then on Friday, it went down another percentage point, 1.07%. And it's now, the Dow closed at 31,909.64. And then the other indices that we look at, NASDAQ was down 1.76. S&P 500 was down 1.45. Russell 2000 was down 2.95. Right? And then over the weekend, um, the government um, stepped in. The Biden administration stepped in like... Like Democrat, like Democrat leadership always does after, um, you know, the other side uh, messes things up. <laughs> we'll take a break. Let's <laughs> have some fun. And uh, we'll be back uh, right after this. We're going to talk about this um, comprehensively in the table talk. Be back right after this. We stand on the shoulders of the women who came before us. Women who were told they were bad with money. Women who couldn't even get a credit card without a man co-signing. Women who fought for their own financial futures. And now it's our turn to lead the way. Join us at WeSaySaveIt.org. Where women of all ages and all budgets are learning how to save for retirement. You work hard. You make money. Now make that money work for you. Invest in yourself at WeSaySaveIt.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Parents, have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. 
a free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. Ability Radio is a program brought to you by the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands to promote a more inclusive Virgin Islands. Ability Radio brings you information on health care, art, culture, education, and current affairs where we engage in lively discussions with guests locally and abroad. Join us every Saturday morning at 11.30 a.m. on WTJX-FM. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly, what a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico, and a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning, you know? and it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. And we're back here on Analyze This. And like I said, it's a beautiful day uh, in the Virgin Islands. It's been beautiful for an extended amount of time. And uh, we want it to remain this way. Some nighttime showers won't hurt. It could make the, make the country look good. Keep the country running good. Now, you know, I was speaking about what took place um, with the Silicon Valley Bank uh, in California. And then Signature Bank over the weekend, right, the, um, had a similar situation. And I'm reading an article here uh, from C- CBNC. So U.S. government steps in and says people with funds deposited at SVP, SVP, SVB, okay, which is Silicon Valley Bank, will be able to access their money, okay? So I'm going to read this article uh, um, that was um, posted um, Sunday night and then updated four hours later. Okay, posted at 616 and updated at 1045. Banking regulators devised a plan Sunday to backstop deposits, depositors with money at Silicon Valley Bank, a critical step in stemming a feared systemic panic brought on by the collapse of the tech-focused institution. Depositors at both failed SVB and Signature Bank in New York, which was shuttered Sunday, over similar systemic contagion fears will have full access to their deposits as part of multiple moves that officials approved over the weekend. Signature has been a popular funding source for cryptocurrency companies. Those with money at the bank will have full access starting Monday, which is today. The Treasury Department designated both SVB SVB and Signature as systemic risks, giving it authority to unwind both institutions in a way that it said, quote, fully protects all depositors, close quote. The, F- the FDIC's deposit insurance fund will be used to cover depositors, many of whom were uninsured 
due to the $250,000 cap on guaranteed deposits. Along with the move, the Federal Reserve also said it is creating a new banking term fund program aimed at safeguarding institutions affected by the market instability of the SVB failure. A joint statement from the various regulators involved said there would be no bailouts and no taxpayer costs associated with any of the new plans. Shareholders and some unsecured creditors will not be protected and will lose all of their investments. Quote, today we are taking decisive actions to protect the U.S. economy by strengthening public confidence in our banking system. Said a joint statement from Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and FDIC Chair Martin Gruenberg. The Fed facility will offer loans of up to one year to banks, saving associations, credit unions, and other institutions. Those taking advantage of the facility will be asked to pledge high-quality collateral, such as treasuries, agency debt, and mortgage-backed securities. Quote, this action will bolster the capacity of the banking system to safeguard deposits and ensure the ongoing provision of money and credit to the economy, the Fed said in a statement. The Federal Reserve is prepared to address any liquidity pressures that may arise. The Treasury Department is providing up to $25 billion from its Exchange Stabilization Fund as a backstop for any potential losses from the funding program. A senior Fed official said the Treasury program likely won't be needed and will exist only as a safeguard. The same official expressed confidence the various moves will shore up confidence in the financial system, providing funding guarantees and liquidity considered essential during financial crises. Along with the facility, the Fed said it will ease conditions as, as a discount, discounts window, which will use the same conditions as the BTFP. However, the new facility offers more favorable terms with a longer duration of loans of one year versus 90 days. Also, securities will be valued at par value rather than market value assessed at the discount window. The haircut or reduction in principle, I like that term haircut, issued, issue is critical as there are estimated to be some $600 billion in unrealized losses that institutions possess in held to maturity treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Quote, this should be enough to stop any contagion from spreading and taking down more banks, which can happen in the blink of an eye in the digital age, Paul Ashworth, chief North America economist at Capital Economics, said in a client note. Quote, but contagion has always been more about irrational fear, so we would stress that there is no guarantees this will work, close quote. Markets reacted positively to the developments, with futures tied to the Dow Jones Industrial Average leaping more than 300 points in early trading. Cryptocurrency prices also rallied, with Bitcoin up more than 7%. The rescue plan rekindled memories of the financial crisis, but Yellen, Yellen said Sunday morning that there will be no 
SVB bailout. Quote, we're not going to do that again, but we are concerned about depositors and are focused on trying to meet their needs, Yellen said on CBS's Face the Nation. President Joe Biden praised Sunday's initiatives, but indicated there will be more consequences from the crisis. Quote, I am firmly committed to holding those responsible for this mess fully accountable and to continuing our efforts to strengthen oversight and regulation of larger banks so that we are not in this position again. The SVB failure was the nation's largest collapse of a financial institution since Washington Mutual went under in 2008. The dramatic moves come days after SVB, a key financing hub for tech companies, reported that it was struggling, triggering a run on banks' deposits. Authorities had spent the weekend looking for a larger institution to buy SVB, but came up short. PNC was one interested buyer, but backed out. A senior treasury official said Sunday evening that the sale is still possible for SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. The initiatives Sunday were done to head off further potential problems. The scenario harkened back to the September, two, September 15, 2008 collapse of the investment banking giant Lehman Brothers, which also found itself insolvent and in search of a buyer. The government was also unsuccessful in that case following a weekend of wrangling, triggering the worst of the global financial crisis. That's an article on C, uh, CNBC um, that I felt you know was pretty comprehensive. And, and told us what we're going on. Now, um, for those of you uh, um, <clears throat> who are wondering how this thing happened, and, and that's why, you know, you hear us talking about public confidence um, as relates to our elected officials. The same thing applies, you know, with management, you know, banking, um, energy, all that stuff. Because when you lose confidence, Things could happen real quickly, right? Now, <clears throat> when you listen to how quickly this thing happened with SVB, right? When they announced on Wednesday, right, that they needed two point two billion, right, and 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 then uh, depositors found out that it had been forced to sell all of its available for sale bonds at a $1.8 billion loss. And, and that was, the bank said that on late Wednesday. On Thursday, on Thursday, right? Check this out. All told, customers withdrew a staggering $42 billion of deposits by, by the end of Thursday, according to a California regulatory filing. By the close of business that day, SVB had a negative cash balance of $958 million, according to the filing, and failed to scrounge enough collateral from other sources. Why? People let me roll, roll on the bank, man. Check once they hear that thing going bad. I want mines now. And uh, that's, that's what uh, we were dealing with. Who we got? Uh, we got Colan. Um, we got the majority leader over there from, from the Capitol joining us early this morning. Good morning, Mr. Majority Leader. How are you? Good morning, Mr. President. Good morning to the people of the Virgin Islands and uh, all the listeners to the number one radio program <laughs> in the Virgin Islands. Uh, analyze God, this. Analyze this. Thank you very much for the kind words. Yo, 
you know how we do it. You know what I'm saying? Our thing is our thing is unique. You know, check. Yeah. We got we got a weather service to chime in so the public will hear them. You know what I'm saying? And absolutely. Uh, and then just try to ask them some lay people questions. You know, that's how we do it. And then we gonna talk. We gonna touch on topics that some some entities might not want to touch on because you know they like the don't billet. don't don't forget the banking uh, information that you provide every day. Oh, you know, you see what I'm talking market, about? The market perspective, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, man. This yeah, is man. this is this topic isn't new. You do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You know it is. You know it is. Of course, we wish we didn't hear the news that we heard last week with SVB and, of course, Signature Bank yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, 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 you know what you do, right? Is you put you you put the safeguards in place locally, so that potential is a very very low to zero potential here in the territory. That's what we need to do, right? You learn from these things. Absolutely. Now, um, I'm, I I sent you guys a couple of articles. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I gonna continue to do this, you know, we got to we got to um, look out for ours. I don't know if Rani has uh, joined the discussion as yet, but um, Rani, whenever you do come in, um, just let us know and uh, we good to go. Um, Doc's Cole, one of the things I keep noticing is that the more we go forward, the more we find out that our leaders back in the day, really had a lot of vision, man, by putting certain things and structures in place to allow for the for the government to function and, and to hopefully, right, keep public confidence at a high level. Now, for example, you know, people like to label the lieutenant governor's uh, job as a ceremonial job and all that stuff. But in reality, statutorily, the lieutenant governor is our banking commissioner and that's an excellent move. Whoever whoever passed this law that created um, the Office of Banking Insurance and 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 gave that gave the Lieutenant Governor a job, a, a designated, delineated, articulated responsibility to me, that was a good move because that keeps the administration in the loop with respect to what's going on with our banks here in this consumer driven economy. Neville, the the thing about it is that our leaders back then understood how we have to operate in a worldwide perspective and our dependency on the United States of America and its big multinational corporation. Mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're a little fish in a big pond, you got to be able to swim with the, with the barracudas and swim with them. And how do you do that? You have to develop mechanisms so that you can... Protect yourself. You can slip between some mangrove, uh, some mangrove <laughs> roots, to get away from one of these big barracudas that are coming to feed on you. So that's what they did. Neville, the Lieutenant Governor's office, has a pivotal role in a lot of money generating revenues here. We're talking about banking and insurance, Neville. We're talking about the property tax issue, Neville. Okay. Where, and we know where a lot of our revenues come from. Property tax, corporation, where you, you go in and form these corporations. So that is where you are able to put somebody in place, in charge, because the governor has the overall uh, management asset of the government. But specifically, you had to you know let something for the lieutenant governor so he just don't sit down there and, and just uh, yeah, play and golf. Yeah, man. <laughs> play golf. You understand what I'm saying? And I think that, that vision was 
Great. No, man, I serious, man. We we can, and, and Ronnie Russell uh, has uh, joined the discussion. Um, one of the things that um, we tend to take for granted is our, our legislative leaders back in the day, Ronnie Russell, they, they, they put some statutes in place um, as it relates to government finances. We got banking board. The lieutenant governor is the banking commission. We got the um, lock boxes to service our debt. Um, Ronnie, we go, we go, first of all, good morning. And secondly, we, we go give our leaders from back in the day some props, man. Good morning, everybody. And Docs and Neville and your wonderful audience. Yeah. Um, the, the key here is that they were thinking about the future of the people of the territory. Mm -hmm. And they had vision. And that vision was set up so we could protect against what is happening nationally and protect against our own development. And our thing is our thing is unique, Rodney, because these things happen nationally, but we half in, half out. We're connected nationally, but we're international uh, in many ways that they look at us. They look at us as, as outside the custom zone when they're ready and all kind of thing. Yeah, we are convenient. inside the customs zone, but outside the or inside immigration or whatever, something like that. Half and half. We really are convenient. Uh, we have to use that convenience for our own use. We are convenience to them. Yes, sir. You know? We're lying, yeah, but you know, it's 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 a difficult situation that the nation is facing now, and we have to be cognizant of the fact that anything that happens there affects us and we have to maneuver accordingly because this banking situation is pretty serious and Biden step up to the plate but you know there are a lot of things that's happening in Neville in the country uh Stacy Plaskett getting an argument with one of them yes yeah, she back they, up she back up Jim Jordan the other day man <laughs> yeah so but but it's 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 you know the country is full of rancor and what is happening that don't lead to nothing good. No, no, you bring up a, you bring up a good point, and we we gonna touch on that because, you know, if I can understand the, the you having um, philosophical differences um, on the right and the left and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, you go protect the country, man, and look like some of these leaders just for political purposes alone, they could care less about the well-being of the country. And you bring up a, a good point there, Rani. The polarization undermining. Sound leadership, man. That's a problem. What we do is we take a break. Tony Dwayne Henry gonna be joining us because uh, Rocky got some run-ins to deal with. Um, we'll be back right after this table talk. In effect, on a beautiful Monday, a March Monday, 2023, here in Paradise. Be back right after this. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh that's a great question. Oh, that's a great <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On fresh air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJ FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know 
they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. A new year equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peters Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. BankofStCroix.com. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX-FM 93.1. back here and analyze this and it's a lovely Monday in paradise and I got uh, the boys uh, joining us here at the table talk this morning let me do a let me do a quorum call uh, right now um, and St. Croix uh, Ronnie Russell Senate President uh, of the 29th Legislature of the Virgin Islands four-term senator um, from out of the west now chilling out on the north side in Canaan uh, good morning Mr. President how are you good morning Neville Good thing. Good morning. Yeah, man, we're good. We're good. And then, of course, in St. Thomas, um, the majority leader, he don't hang out on the north side over there, too. Uh, he, <laughs> he served his three terms. He actually is, is uh, the ranking member today because uh, Rocky ain't available this morning. Donald Duck's call. Good morning, Mr. Majority Leader. How are you? Uh, present, please. <laughs> I, I say present, please, uh, in honor of one of our former colleagues, Mr. George Goodwin of the legislature. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, just honored with the 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 that's what we don't call here because Ronnie, Ronnie is our chief legal officer, but we don't call Attorney uh, Henry Counselor. Good morning, Attorney Henry. How are you? Good morning, Senators. I'm doing well. I like Good that. I, I like I like that entrance, gentlemen. Um, we were talking about the importance of sound statute that allows for 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 the government to function. Um, Attorney Henry, <clears throat> you're a lawyer, and, and Ronnie, uh, and, uh, and one of the things that um, the Virgin Islands was um, labeled as back in the days. They got too much lawyers for this small place uh, <laughs> back in the day. Right or wrong? You used to hear that, right? They got too much lawyers, right? But but then we come to find out we, we practically need every single one of you, right? Because uh, there are those who tend to fracture a law from time to time. And then you also got to question the governor, the government. 
right? Because sometimes yes. the government oversteps its boundaries, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but in this case, the government, uh, uh, the United States government is stepping up uh, to, to, prov- to shore up um, some fracturing in the banking industry, and, and that's a good thing, but we would hope that that would never happen. My question to you is, has the Fed been a little too involved with respect to interest rates um, coupled with um, some negligence on, on the private side, in your estimation? I would say no, because that, that is the Fed's mandate. The, Fed, uh, the Fed's mandate is to keep inflation under 5% or whatever it is. And, um, and uh, they, they have uh, two mandates. It's, it's, it's control inflation and, 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 um, and control um, the, you know, keep, keep bubbles from happening and this kind of stuff. Uh, not so much manipulate the market, but make sure that the market doesn't get out of control. And the Fed's only have certain tools that it, that it can use. And no, no but, let, but okay, you know something? Only tool it could use is, is, is interest rates. Let, but let, let me rephrase the question. If, in oh. fact, because remember they tried to tell us, and I believe Ronnie and Docs, we hear this all the time throughout our life, the marketplace will correct itself, right or wrong, <laughs> right? They, yeah. keep, they keep telling us this, right? Yet at the same uh-huh. time, the feds, whenever there's an a, a excellent jobs report or, or the uh-huh. fact that um, the, the interest rate, I mean, employment rate is a little too low and all these type of things, they, they feel like stepping in. In other words, um, how do we achieve that delicate balance, that perfect balance, right? Well, well, well the truth is that um, there's no such thing as a free market. You always have to have governmental interference. Yes. Uh, or state, state, state. Involvement, involvement, not interference, yes, involvement. Yes, you absolutely yeah. have to. Um, oh, my God, I forgot the famous um, Keynes, uh, Sir, Sir Keynes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Britain. Yes, that, he, that was his theory. Sir Keynes said that, yeah, it's a free market, but every now and then we got to stop it step in and, and regulate, and, 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 and that's what's happening here. So we are Keynesian in a sense. No, 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 Rani, and, I, and I'm going to come to Ducks. I got a good question for Ducks. Rani, the, you have on the left, right, the need for regulation so that people don't abuse power. And then you on the right, you have clamoring for deregulation. And we actually saw, like, we had these train issues, right? The train issues in, in uh, derailing. You got trains derailing, and they're blaming deregulation for that. That's the delicate balance that I was trying to reference with Tony Henry, where you want you want the marketplace to do what you got to do, but you got to have these clouds up there, these, these safeguards running, as people can just take advantage of you left and right. Well, you got to divide it according to the haves and the haves not, okay? And the federal system is designed to strike balance between those two competing interests. And it, it really ain't competing interests, but it depends on, like, for example, antitrust is part of yes. what regulation should control. Mm-hmm. But now... You have the Supreme Court shifting the balance in an unusual way toward deregulation, the, 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 not only deregulation, but the protections for the people moving away from it in terms of elections, and have the Supreme Court weighing in unfairly on this balance that you want and that is where i think the problem lies neville 
that when they bring these cases to the court, the court don't understand the delicate balance in the society that needs to be maintained. With a free market, you know, intellectual property need to be protected. And a lot of things that are protections for common people, the Supreme Court is waning away at it. So we have a problem. We have a problem in this nation right now. And, and when it was done in the 1930s, uh, the, the federal, the uh, FDR threatened to pack the court and they came to their realization. We need one of these realizations now with the Supreme Court, I think. And that balance is being skewed in favor of the people who rich and could control everything because they have money. That's my, my view. Now, now, Docs, you and I, you know, we, we, we've studied political science. But one of the things that, uh, that, that the, um, the, the, the American, uh, the Republican form of government requires that if you're going to study political science, it would be in your best interest to study economics as well. Because economics and, and, to, and, and as it relates to elections nowadays, there's way too much money elections. Remember, we agree with that last week, right? But at the yeah. same time, at the same time, right, if you're going to study government, right, then you got to study finances as well, docs. It ain't just about elections and all that stuff. You need to know how the flow of money going on. Um, money's, are, uh, mon money's moved differently in rural communities. There are greater needs in urban communities, but uh, in the rural communities, there's an investment requirement because the farmers out there, they're the ones that are providing um, what, we what the folks in the urban communities consume. Because you ain't growing nothing on the streets. You follow what I'm saying? So there has to be uh, an understanding that everything as it relates to our free market system is integrated. Doc's cool. Yeah, absolutely integrated. And Neville, those uh, discipline that you spoke about are part of the political science uh, curriculum. We had to do, well, I did. I know you did micro and macroeconomics, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And 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 we have to be able to look at the structure that Alexander Hamilton put in place, the the the, the national bank, right? And see how that now intertwines with how we are going to conduct business and protect the national interest. The fact remains that. What is happening, Neville, and uh, Ronnie touched on it a little bit, and I've said it before that the, the Supreme Court has become the number one branch inside the, 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 the political system because the Supreme Court had, now has on it a group of individuals who seem to be moving towards those with power and money. And I think Granny hit it on the head. The fact we mean, when the Feds are looking at raising interest rate level to stem inflation, they're looking at certain variables. One of the variables that they've been looking at is the the jobs report, right? Correct. And the jobs report is showing that the, the, the economy is creating jobs, right? So there's a strong jobs report. So they're saying, okay, well, if the economy is creating jobs, then the economy is growing. But then what's happening is that the, 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 the macro-management level of the, the banking institution becomes a problem. 
where you have these speculators going out and, and these startup companies and they create these IPOs to get money, mm -hmm. right? And in doing that, undermining the cash flow. The federal government never have been printing money for... <laughs> Hundreds printing, of years. Just, just printing money, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Printing money to keep the economy going. But what happens when you print money, that inflation goes up because you believe the money is backed by jobs that is coming in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if they're bringing in jobs, they have the ability to now tax these jobs. But never the other thing is, but who you, is getting taxed? And not only that, when, when you print money, you're devaluing the dollar, you know? Absolutely. E exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay? So, 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 and, yeah, and, yeah. and that is what is happening in America right now. So yeah. here comes the federal government have to step in again, right? Yeah. To try to shore up the bank. And... Look like we lose, we lose Doc's school. Oh, there we go. Who like, don't know nothing about bank? They don't know nothing about running an economy, running a business. They don't know nothing. They're, 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 they're trying to stay elected and trying to believe that they are relevant. No. And that is what is creating a lot of problems. Without a doubt. No, no. Um, uh, Attorney Henry, when, when, uh, when, when, when Professor Cole was explaining there uh, um, a, a number of different things. I, I was uh, telling us about the classes that we got to, we got to, um, uh -huh. we got, we had to take in, in in college. One of the classes that I remember came out was quantitative methods. Right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and and we used to we used to think, well, wait a minute, that might be a little too technical, a little a little too sophisticated for us. But in reality, in reality, it was actually how we count money. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how we how we how we watch the flow of money. And and, mm -hmm. and Docs just touched on something where um we need cash circulation, not just mm -hmm. cash printing, not just printing right. money. And that's right. to me, that should be the end goal for any Congress, right? Because you can't be fighting with the president. The president is presiding. Congress really has power. And they should right. their goal should be whatever we could do to get money circulated. Not hoarding money by tax cuts and putting it in people's pocket. Mm -hmm. Money spending right. in the communities. What about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to go back to the the, the um the Senator Coles and, and yourself and, and Rani had mentioned about you know when we were speaking about involvement at government and stuff. There's a fringe well actually it's it started out as a fringe but now it's really a huge probably most Americans believe in the theory of the cold invisible hand. But you know when um Adam Smith wrote that um, book um The Wealth of Nations he only mentioned the invisible hand once in a and it was a metaphor he used in connection with import restrictions where he says the exact thing is that the inducement a merchant has to keep his capital at that has to keep this capital at home, thereby increasing the domestic capital stock and enhancing military power. Hmm. Over the years, the quote, conservatives have brought that to mean that, um, and he said, that's that's an it's like an invisible, the invisible hand is the inducement for mm -hmm. the merchant to keep the money at home. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There's a conservative, Brand that the economics have broadened to mean that the government shouldn't interfere, that this invisible hand is going to take care of everything. But Adam Smith never meant that. Well, you he know never something? even meant that the invisible hand was going to, that, that he, that Adam Smith actually believed in, um, with, with exception of import restrictions, that there would be some kind of governmental control. 
Well, you know, you know something. You just touched on something that that Rani and uh, Docs and Rocky and I've been harping on uh, for the life of Table Talk is interpretation, right? Where you have sides of the aisle want to interpret things how they want. We speak about gun laws. Remember last year, last year when we had all these mass shootings, and I referenced what the Supreme Court. Um, uh, Supreme Court Justice, the conservative Supreme Court Justice from back in the day, Berger said, with respect mm-hmm. to how they interpreting the Second Amendment, right? Mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm, and, and this mm-hmm. is another classic example you're showing here, where they want to interpret things how they want, and and when you when when you leave things subject to interpretation, that's what to create conflict, right? We need there are times when we need definitive language, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things and 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 and, and Docs and Rani and I know about this. One of the big issues that you've been there, because you work in legislature as well. One of the big issues we've had when we had amendments and bills, Rani, is the word of the, the use of may as opposed to shall, right? Because shall is a mandate, right? May is open to interpretation, Rani Russell. Yes, absolutely. And you know something? Interpretation could be used positively. Uh, people interpreted the Bible negatively. I think Rani went down or no? No, I could hear Rani. I go here. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead, Ronnie. Interpret pretty negatively to use it to um to say that slavery was alright. So it, it is a twisting. I can't hear it. Okay. Okay, okay. well we we're going for a break now. We we we're gonna work on that. Um great discussion so far. We we're gonna pick it up and, and talk about the cryptocurrency. Uh how how that made such a, a big splash and now they're starting to question whether or not, you know, if it really uh is as legitimate um, our investment um, for those with means uh, going forward. Table talk in effect. Be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us. And the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. 